Bob and Colin. It's uh, John Shannon. Hello, Robert. Happy Friday. Uh, concluding the week. Happy Friday to you, too. Hey, hey by, by the way, before I forget, um, and you were right, we had, had lots of people uh, chime in saying we didn't know those three names of those guys in Lansing, Michigan, playing A-ball for the Jays. One of them did actually play for Toronto, and that was Aaron Sanchez. He was one of those three guys. That's right. He was. That's right. So Syndergaard got traded, but uh, Sanchez was the one. Didn't last as long as people thought he would with his finger issues, but uh, Aaron Sanchez was the one player of those three prospects that did make it to the bigs for the Blue Jays. Yep. That's 100% correct. Uh, I know. We're, we're going to go golf today. And uh, we have there's more golf news right now than there has been in my entire lifetime. And it pertains almost exclusively to live and the PGA tour, the battle between them and the number of players that have gone over and where does this thing land? And, and you still don't like the FedEx cup anyway. So let's, no, I, let's get I, that out of the way. I hate you. you well, well, we'll like get into it. it. We'll talk about it. Rich, I like it. Richard Zokel, Ian Leggett will join us and uh, we'll uh, talk golf after these messages. Well, we had, uh, I mean, sort of gotten into a pattern of uh, having our golf guys on before majors. Yeah, we, Produ- the we, producer screwed up. Yeah, we missed the, we missed the British Open or the Excuse Open. Excuse me, the Open Championship. If you for the golfer. And it was, for the golfer and it was at the old course, and it couldn't <clears throat> probably have been more significant, and um, the producer screwed up. Well, you know what? Get a new producer. Oh, it's, it's been discussed. and 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 i'm sure i'm sure the board's in full agreement well he's waving over at the side says i'm here bob i'm right here (laughs) in case you don't know it's not the quality of performance as much as the cost of performance (laughs) and you can't get much cheaper than the one we have right now um our golf buddies uh former tour players richard zokel ian leggett are uh are with us um Zokal from uh, BC and Leggett is in uh, Florida at his uh, new club. Well, let's start with this. I mean, we're going to talk about the live thing and and where we're going with that, but I want to start with this because generally we talk about what's coming up and we're getting ready for the uh, FedEx cup playoffs. Nothing could bore me more than these FedEx cup playoffs. And yet I'm at a loss to figure out, what you do to change things. And I'm intrigued by what your perception, both of you um, have to this. Uh, Richard, take it away. Okay. Well, <clears throat> good to be with you guys. Nice to always see your faces and talk golf. Uh, I do yeah, yeah. enjoy it. Um, I'm a fan of the, of uh, the so-called playoffs, the FedEx cup. We're starting to understand it. it's gone through a number of revisions and, and changes. And I think it's settling a little bit, but uh the whole purpose of that, I think, as everyone knows, is to get this golf thing over with for the year uh, by Labor Day, because uh, competing with college football and football and hockey and everyone's getting back to school from vacation, it's time to kind of put it to bed. So I think the purpose of that, the culmination, the the reduction down to, to 70 and then 30 and then uh, throwing 20 million dollars at the person who wins the whole thing is um, i think it's i think i love it i enjoy it uh like it 
I slightly agree with that. Uh, partially agree. And the reason why I don't really necessarily, I love the old tour championship myself, 30 players go out, play, you know, best 30 players, you know, make it 20 million, make it, make it a live event. As I, say. <laughs> um, I kind of like that. They just took the top 30 guys at the end of the year, go play one tournament. It has way more significance now than it does. And, you know, again, let's take uh, a little bit of a stance on live. This FedEx Cup championship was built on cash. Rory McIlroy does not care about that trophy of winning the FedEx Cup. What he wants is $10 million at the end. Mm-hmm. Let's be clear about that because that trophy has less significance, um, in my opinion, than it does probably half a dozen other PGA tournaments on the, you know, that a guy could win. So, um, I like the format myself. I like, you know, Zoke said, I think it's taken a long time for whether you understand it or not. I don't think anybody really understands how the points work. I think they just understand that, Hey, it starts at 125, goes to 70 and goes to 30. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it, they really got themselves into trouble for a couple of years there when Jim Furyk and Mickelson both won the tour championship, uh, won the whole thing and skipped and missed an event. So it, uh, you know, the playoffs didn't have the significance of, you'll say other sports do. Um, but, uh, you know, I wish it just ended. And then we started back in January. That's what I wish. I, I think there should be a halt to the, to the tour is, uh, you know, this isn't over by the way, this is not the end, end of the year. As far as golf goes, this thing just keeps rolling and rolling and rolling. And I think, uh, unfortunately it's watering down more events, but again, going back to that, I, I love the one twenty five. Um, it'll be interesting to see when they go to 70 players, what kind of yeah. concoction they come up with next year, because now they got to come up with another iteration of the FedEx cup, if there is such a thing. So, uh, but anyway, you know, I like the idea that you got 125 guys and, you know, they narrow it down to one winner. I just wish it, I wish the full season played a little bit more of a bigger <clears throat> role than just three tournaments. But, but Ian, why do they, why do they have to reinvent it again? Just because, well, because of the lack next of year, no, next year, the, the tour has announced that, uh, you know, they're going to go to 70 exempt players, uh, not 125. So Which again, I don't know. A good thing. That is good. Very yeah, nice. I don't not really. Well, I mean, I, that's debatable as well. I think so. I think what it really does, it, it really takes an opportunity to find certain players because, um, you know, as you know, there's a lot of fringe guys get out there for two or three years and, you know, just barely <laughs> slip inside the top 125. But, you know, ultimately next year, a guy's going to make $2 million on the PGA Tour and be relegated. You know, because 71st on the money list is going to make two million plus next year. Sure, so exactly. But th- those so, spots will be available. But, you know, <clears throat> one seventy five to one twenty five player really doesn't contribute a significant amount. Uh, they'll still have space available to play. They'll just get bumped out, have to go back to the Corn Ferry uh, finals and they'll find their own, you know, by based on performance, they'll find their own way back. They'll, they have opportunity hopefully. to get back. Oh, they will. Yeah. It will. Yeah. Those spaces yeah, I mean, don't disappear. They just re- get repositioned. Yeah, but my point being is if a guy finishes, say, 72nd on the money list, that guy may never get back on the PGA Tour if he gets stuck on the Corn Ferry Tour. Like, again, I don't uh, – for a guy well, who is well, more well, of a okay, journeyman using that like example, myself, Using that example, that, that guy who finishes 72, he'll go back to the, corn, the finals and have yes. an opportunity to g- earn his way back and – that is love the fact that you kill what you eat on the PGA tour, keeping that 
context is a very healthy one. Yeah, possibly. Well, let's get let's get back to the FedEx Cup. Is there a better way to to construct this? I mean, originally there were four events, if not if I'm not mistaken, yep. in the FedEx Correct. Cup. And as you mentioned, um, Lego, you the average person beyond the average person had no freaking idea how you got on there or what the points meant or um, it was a d- complete dog's breakfast. I'm even past, I'm, you know, that's sort of been eliminated, but I just wonder whether one championship event, even if you went back to a 90 hole event, because there used to be, I think there used to be two 90 hole events a year. There was, the tour, there are three, right? there were three at one time. Actually. Were there really? Yeah. Um, yeah. But maybe something like that. But one grand championship, uh, you know, the notion of it being a playoff and, you know, you got the semifinals, the quarterfinals, the semifinals and the finals. It, it doesn't work for me because they're they are they're all not they're part of the same scenario, but they're also individual tournaments. It's, it's hard for my mind to assimilate. Mm. What are they really playing for? Are they playing to win this tournament? Are they playing, you know, et cetera, et cetera. What if you did one 90 hole event at the end of the year? And doesn't that event then become one of the top six tournaments of the year? If you, if you throw TPC in there with the majors. Dick? Yeah, I think possibly. I, I think that's go ahead, Dick. Um, I've always, you know, I'm with you to a significant degree, Bob, on that because it just takes on the appearance of another tournament. It may have lesser people in the players in the field and maybe playing for more money. I've always liked the finals. I've always wanted the finals to be, you know, that week uh, where you would say, bring the top 30 players in and after 36 holes, trim it down to like, whether it be eight guys and then those guys play because playoffs typically mean a round robin. I play you, whether it's five games or or a team Mm -hmm. plays another team, whether it be for, one, yeah. you know, and, and you get eliminated. And I'd love to see eight guys get whittled down from the top 30 and then they play for the $20 million. And there's going to be inevitably one player against another in the finals, like a round robin right. event. I would love to see it that way, but they haven't done it that way. Are you talking match play or would you play? Would you have Stoke play? Match play. <clears throat> match play. Or you, you could play either or. As long as it's one man against the other and you get to a point like the Stanley Cup finals, there's one Mm -hmm. team playing the other in the finals. This is one player versus the other player that's the top eight. So you don't have, um, you know, some guy coming out of left field who isn't a no name that's going to lose value to the to the to the television. So you can increase as much popularity as you can on these on on creating a, a great finals but isn't that isn't isn't that the key richard isn't that the key that's the real key right there you talked about is there's the no-name guy right Uh, and and so the the playoff system i i actually and i know it's 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 taken me longer but when i go to the leaderboard now i do check the fedex standings i do check is he up is he down what are the what what is the prognosis for the tournament if he continues in this way um, so by the time we do get to the playoffs and I, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. One of the playoffs is always in Boston and the finals are always in Atlanta. So there's a little bit of identity there, which I think is important. 
I'm starting to like it. And, and one of the things that has to happen is in order for something like this to work, you have to stick with it. You have to have some consistency. You can't have every few years, we're changing the rules again. And, and because that's what drives people nuts in many ways. Well, the reason it's Shania, the reason why they keep changing the rules is because they don't want somebody like a Bill Haas to win the FedEx Cup. They're trying to manipulate the system so that they make sure, as Oak says, that mm-hmm. they got a Rory or you know somebody like that coming down the 18th hole on Sunday with a chance to win. And this is <laughs> what they've continually done. And this is why, going back to my comment on the top 70, not to get off track here, the reason why I don't like the top 70 is because a guy who gets out on the PGA Tour already starts eight tournaments behind the eight ball, and four of them are guaranteed purses. Right. So let's be clear about that. So a top 50 player in the world is going to be playing in all four of the world golf championships is already starting a quarter million dollars ahead of a guy who just got out there. So if you're going to whittle this down to less, it gives less of an opportunity for that rookie. He's got to play his guts out playing in John Deere classics to try to get into the top 70 on the money list while a guy who's already a top 50 player in the world is securing himself. And I just don't, I don't personally like that. I don't think that that finds, you know, great talent on the PJ tour because, you know, Zoke knows as well as I do, it doesn't happen overnight, you know, for every, well, what that does out there. Yeah. What that does is it increases competition for the guys trying to get in on the PGA Tour. I mean, you and I went right through that process. That competition is not easy. So it's going to get harder and harder, which I believe, Lego, that competition, any way you bring it, is good. Yeah. So the rich get richer. Was. You know, going back well, to Sandy's <clears throat> comment. Well, I think it's, the, perform, the people who perform get richer. No, no, because the guy to we in in discussing what Ian talked about is that there's the guy who's going to the John Deere and going to these, you know, these, and I say it respectfully, the second tier PGA events. Yeah, he's not guaranteed any money, but he's not guaranteed any money. He's also not guaranteed a spot in those four uh, world events that the guy who's in the top fifty gets a quarter of a million bucks. So the rich get richer. Well, and they've performed and they've earned that spot. I agree. Should yeah. be in the top fifty. But hey, but I tell you what, based on what I see and and what you guys are talking about, that's going to drive people to the other tour, isn't it? Isn't it going to because there's going to be there's guaranteed money for the for somebody well, on the other be tour? Clear, let's be very clear about something here. You know, the reason why the PGA Tour went to seventy is to make the agreement with the European Tour to allow their ten players to come out, and I can't believe to this day that the players on the tour haven't lost their mind over this, that they said, you know, okay, so we're going from 125 to 70 to allow, you know, 10 European tour players to come over here and play fully exempt on the, by the way, fully exempt players. This is not guys that are, you know, shuffled in and out. These guys are fully exempt. Like they just won the corn Ferry tour as a number one player on the corn Ferry tour is fully exempt in the following year. And so they're making making room. Well, that, well, so they could making, protect themselves against live. That's what right. they did. And, well, it's true. And, but it's also making it the competition to get a spot on the PGA Tour that much more stronger. Well, I, I mean, we sort of diverted there. It was an interesting conversation, but I want to go back to something um, uh, Richard said earlier about match play as part of the. Um, the FedEx Cup thing. 
uh, is match play as popular as stroke play for fans? I mean, well, the Ryder Cup is. Well, I know, and that's what I was going to get to. President's is, Cup is growing. Yeah. It, depend, it depends on who the two, who are the people playing. Exactly. The players well, exactly. but, okay, okay, but but you know, let's take it to the ultimate. Like you're talking about an a, a, hypothetically an eight man field that yeah. plays um, a match play in the FedEx, for the FedEx Cup final. If it's mm-hmm. the top eight players in the world, based on rankings, money, winnings, whatever points, mm-hmm. you don't have any stiffs in there, right? That increases Absolutely. the chances of having strong names in the finals. That's the purpose. It almost guarantees it, doesn't it? Right. It, it gives you yeah. at least relevant players, currently relevant players. Yes, it does. And that's the problem. Like you take a typical match play tournament with 150 people, 56 people in the field. Match play has an inherent motivation for the underdog and it's very often underdogs and you get someone like a Kevin Kisner that comes in and wins the match play tournament and agreed and it's too big of a risk for television and eyeball to keep eyeballs so you've got to have a system that whittles it down and if you get down to eight then like you're talking about Bob you 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 you're going to guarantee the best names in the in the that eight regardless of how it turns out right okay so what I'm looking at here is I don't think you need to be fair. It's the PGA tour. You can make your own rules. Well, and they have, and they have. <laughs> so why be inclusive rather than that? Be exclusive. So at the beginning of the year, every player on tour knows I got to finish in the top eight in order to get into the FedEx cup final, which could be a $50 million purse. The question I suppose, the other question I have though, for John is, do you think that match play is as good a television event as stroke play? No, it's not uh, because, because, because let's face it. There's a, there's a chance that you're not going to get 18 holes out of a turn, out of a, out of a, a round. You're not, you're, you know, it's, it's like when, you know, Richard talked about other sports having, you know, series, you know, I, I can tell you how many times I lost sleep over sweeps, you know, that, that's, mm-hmm. that become, that becomes the problem. You can't have sweeps. You can't, you can't have a guy losing six, five. Can you, you know, that becomes the real problem. You well, know, you the, can, you can stack it in your favor and not play match play. You can have, well, sorry, have two people, two players in the finals, but play metal play. So if there's a three shot lead going into 17, the, the tournament isn't over. They can play it. I mean, the Dunhill cup, was called sort of like the old that's the way the old playoffs used to be on the, in majors yeah. right they played 18 and 18 whole playoff yeah well that's how yeah. that's how the dunhill yeah. cup played at the old course it was matt they called it match metal play so there were three matches each country and uh you the the two players against each other played metal play against each other well then you're guaranteed and it worked out i remember playing greg norman and and at the old course and i'm three shots down he makes double on the road hole and i made about an 80 foot putt for birdie and, and uh, was able to swing that, that uh, match around and get into a sudden death playoff when he was, when he was three up on the, on the 17th hole. So it, it, yeah. it can work. You can make it work. Am I nuts? Am I nuts in suggesting this? Because, I mean, no. Lego, you seem to be pretty no. quiet about it. I, no, I, I don't mind it. I mean, again, I'm just it, the, the issue here is people watching. Again, right. like you said, I mean, you know, Zoke said, I mean, as much as you 
you know, as entertaining, by the way, as Kevin Kistner is. I mean, I would much rather watch a Kevin Kistner, you know, match against whoever um, than watch Rory McIlroy play against, you know, Hideki Matsuyama or something like that, because I find him more entertaining to watch the way he plays the game, the way, you know, he grinds it out and grits it. He's, he's, he's the David and Goliath of every single time he tees it up. And I find that entertaining. But the problem is is that they're trying to grow the golf audience. The hardcore is going to watch anyway, Ian, the hardcore golfer golf fans going to watch anyway, in order to grow the market and grow the game. What, what, what draws new viewers in are names. Big name. Yeah, I think though. Yeah, but I think Shani, this is my my theory on that. I think that you know when you get players like Tiger Woods that have stepped away from the game and Michael Jordan in in basketball, the dent that that left in in broadcasting, which is proven, it's showing mm-hmm. it now, sure. is that this doesn't have anything to do with necessarily the player. It has everything to do with what the tour is doing to market those players. The problem is that's is another story. You, <laughs> when you get a guy like Cameron Young, who's about to win a major championship, he's just, you know, played his, you know, guts out for four days. And the only thing I get from him is that he went to Wake Forest. Yeah. We have to do a better job at this. We need to understand these people. Who is he? Who is this kid? Where did he come from? You know, who's his mom? Who's his dad? There's all these kind of things that we got to know about Tiger Woods, like before he even started. Before yeah. we put a T in the ground, we knew every single thing about Tiger Woods. So there was interest in Tiger. The golf was just secondary. It turned out to be an unbelievable player. Yeah. So I think that this is where the issue lies with the PGA Tour. They have to be prepared. You know, when you have a John Deere Classic or whatever it is, and a guy like a JT Poston is winning the tournament, how do people tune in? There's got to well, be something the, interesting about the it. Broadcasting, broadcasting needs to do a better job. Oh, it's no horrible. Problem. It no is problem. absolutely horrible. Yeah. As much as I love Jim Nance, I mean, but Jim Nance sounds the same today as he did 20 years ago. Uh, yeah. So I love Jim Nance. I think he's great. I just think, again, we're going to repeat the same thing is he's too Melba toast. Mm-hmm. Well, and from a broadcast perspective, in the last 10 days or so, the most for me, interesting guy in the broadcast crew just left for live. Faraday mm-hmm. is gone. And um, I'm quite shocked by that. Uh, and I don't know how it will affect my my willingness or patience in viewing a, a golf tournament that doesn't have anybody in. It doesn't have a, I don't have a horse in the race. Mm-hmm. And that's just another subject, too, that we should discuss. Um, but that's a big loss. That, yeah. you know... That may be as big a loss as, as some of the players that they've lost. Okay. David Faraday, David Faraday, I liked Faraday. Faraday was fun to listen to. But Faraday didn't do every event. He only did the ones that NBC did. You know, and, and you know, the, 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 the approach that the networks take is what I would describe as very safe. That's what they've done. They 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 don't want to go outside the the realm of being different. They've tried, and then they get criticized by the hardcore. They get criticized by, uh, you, you know, the, you know the the powers that be. Um, I mean, the most important thing in the end is is you have to service you have to service the hardcore fan first in a sport like golf, and then you have to find a way to grow the game. Informationally, Ian, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right on, the, you know, I mean, between, you know, at the British Open, 
um, the whole concept of who, who the heck was Cameron Young. I mean, the only thing the only thing that was spectacular was mean when he drove the green on eighteen. You know, and that was I'll tell you, that John, was one of the I'll very few you, times we saw him too. By the way, yeah, perfect example of of what you see in that sort of connection. As little as the connection is, when you watch an NFL football broadcast at the start of the broadcast, they announce the starting lineup. Every one of those guys has got their helmet off. They say, I'm, you know, Michael Smith. I went to University of Alabama. I'm a starting lineman, you know, 325, whatever. He does it. So yeah. automatically, you've got a connection. The guy doesn't have his helmet on. Everybody gets to know exactly what. And the guys that started this was NASCAR. NASCAR started this. And they realized that they want every single driver out on that racetrack to have a personal connection with the fans. Yeah. Golf does not do that. Yeah, that's a really good, good point. That's a good idea, Lego. It's a really good idea. So, so you know, actually, the fact that the four of us are Canadian, uh, I think one of the great examples of this in a sport that has amazing growth and now has been, there's been opened eyes around the world, is curling. And that's because, mm-hmm. of, one, that's because of one thing, guys. Microphones. Microphones. I can listen to the skip in the third talk about a shot. They can yell at each other. We can hear it all. And how reticent are our pros and caddies to wear, to wear in microphones? I think it'll evolve to that, but <clears throat> it's been slow on the taking. That's for sure. I mean, Ian, I mean, would, is that, is that an issue for lots of guys? Yeah, I think so. I, I think that, you know, as I don't know how you feel about it as a fan, but I mean, I think that the, you know, they should do a better job at, you know, if it's one-on-one or it's, you know, someone actually doing some work to do some background on, on this. I mean, you know, a guy like Cameron Young's, you know, father is a PGA of America professional in New York. Mm-hmm. I mean, how do you miss that? <laughs> I just yeah. don't, that just shocks me that they, you know, his dad standing in the pro shop watching his son you know, play a golf tournament. I mean, how do you miss this type of stuff that you can't put this out there to at least, you know, bring a level of interest to the individual? Well, because a tournament doesn't do it. The broadcast doesn't no, do it. But let's be practical. And, and, and uh, you're right. But the practical answer to that is at every golf tournament we watch on television, how many golfers do we really see? How well, many- if Tiger's well, playing, hey, you're going to hey, see hey, every my- shot that Tiger hits, even if he hits 100 of them. And you're going to see a smattering of of others. Yeah, that's exactly uh, how it's covered. We have a guy. We we have a guy right here that became famous because he wore a headset when he played golf. I mean, there was a there was a connection to to Zolk because of that. Of course, all of that became a a, like a direct con. That was almost like a brand for him, you know. And uh, I think that that's what the tour has to do a better job of going forward: is brand these guys and figure out you know, who they are, what they are, and what their interests are, and, and give us some interest level. Well, yep. the, broadca- nope, the broadcast, I, I know John will defend it, but sports broadcasts are ultra, ultra conservative. Oh, no, no, I'm not, I can't, I can't defend that. You're there right. Are very f- there are very few broadcasts of uh, where, the, where rights fees are paid, mm-hmm. which is virtually, which is every sport. Mm-hmm. But there are very few that have guys who will go out near the edge uh, as broadcasters yeah. and tell true stories and have fun. And um, 
And if, if it's not discouraged, it is forbidden that you mm-hmm. do that. I mean, we only have to go back to uh, the Masters. And um, I'm blanking on his name. Gary McCord. The, Gary, Gary McCord. And he described, over, he described the greens as bikini wax fast, as I recall, or something to that yeah, effect. Is that correct? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Bikini and, wax. And got banned for life. Yeah. And, and no. didn't get protected by the network and did not get protected by the <clears throat> network either. Exactly true. And, uh, you know, would that have happened at any place other than Augusta? I don't know the answer to that, but, and maybe even Augusta has come into the. Apparently it didn't. <laughs> well, apparently he still had a job after that except for one week well yeah <laughs> so. so that tells you everything you need to know we want to we want to take a break here and then we're going to get a little bit into live and what has um developed over the the past few weeks since we started talking about this uh we'll do that when we come back after these messages it's mccowan and shannon with uh, richard zokal and ian uh leggett um well, things have developed as far as Liv is concerned, not the least of which in the last few days they announced an expansion of, the, uh, of their thing uh, to um, 14 weeks, I believe, and then an additional 11 in association with the Asian tour. Maybe one of you can take a second and explain the significance of the Asian tour relationship because um, it's a little hard for most of us to understand, either one of you. Um, yeah, I, could, I mean, um, ahead, you know, with, with that, I mean, that that's sort of, you know, an opportunity for them to create a, a secondary tour, no different than, you know, the uh, the Corn Ferry tour. So, I mean, this is where they're coming. You know, I know people are jumping at the conclusion that they're able to use those type of events to, um, I don't want to call it manipulate the world golf rankings, but I mean, this is not what their plan was in the beginning. Their plan in the beginning was to just, you know, we need a secondary tour. And this one was sitting right there waiting for us to, to, you know, sort of take and make it better, by the way. Um, so that, that's the, the component of, of the Asian tour specifically is it's just, again, a subsidiary. You're not going to see, you know, 48 guys playing 11 tournaments on the Asian tour. That's no. not going to happen. You know, there's going to be a spattering of events here and there that they will, you know, if they want to participate in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know that this sounds like a lot of guys have used, so I want to play less. And I want to make, you know, more money playing less. Um, uh, so, but that's not everybody. Not everybody wants to do that. Maybe Dustin Johnson wants to play 25 tournaments a year. Who knows? Um, <laughs> but again, um, that's just the Asian tour. That's just them acquiring the Asian tour to have an, a secondary option uh, similar to the corn fairy tour with the PGA tour. And this, and the Asian tour under live, if that's the right phraseology, it does not mean the Asian tour changes the format to conform with the three day 48 man field, right? No, I don't think there's been any discussions on exactly those events. I think will stand on their own uh, that it will not be a, a live formatted, uh, type of team event structure at all not that i know of but i don't think there's any been any uh you know sort of formatting around e- any of those events at this point in time well we've seen a few more defections but um really we haven't seen in my opinion at least anyone that shakes things up we have more of the same we have 
uh, Henrik Stenson. We have Sergio Garcia. We have a list of guys. Bubba who Watson. Are, hmm, sorry? Bubba Watson. Yeah, Bubba Watson. A list of guys that are of a certain age who are past their prime, who have name recognition, but really the expectation is negligible, if any, impact at the top of the PGA Tour standings. Is that fair, at, Dick? At, at, this, at this point in time. <laughs> now, now do, you, how, do you think that's going to change, Ian? I guarantee it's going to change. 100% with, going to change. With, with, with a defection of a star? As soon as, as soon as the FedEx Cup is over and guys have played their season out, you're going to see, um, as Bob says, important, significant players are going to be joining Liv. Agree, so, uh, Richard? Uh, I think, yes. I think there, it is moving in that direction. I think to, uh, to, to 2022 was an excellent beta test for them. They ran into some obstacles. They pivoted and uh, come around it from a different direction and continued to make progress. I'm of the opinion that I'm fine to have other competition go against the PGA Tour. I believe the component of the PGA Tour with their historic events, and there's a bunch of them. There's a bunch like this week, like the Rocket Mortgage Tournament in Detroit. It's, it's a weak field. It's certainly the PGA Tour can't have a whole bunch of U.S. Opens and Canadian Opens and, and big PGA Tour events. But I think what Lego talked about, I think there's a lot of players that are waiting to collect. It's, when the one interesting thing that's going to happen is these eight players, I think there's eight Lego, you, can, you probably know better than most who have already signed over. <clears throat> They've been wiped off the list, so they're not even on the FedEx list. And the question that I have, and, and there's a vacuum of players that'll, that'll take that. It's going to move the 125 to, uh, you know, 132 as far as a hard line for keeping your job. That's going to happen. But also those people that are, are, going, are suspended on the, from the PGA Tour perspective, those eight players, they're not going to get money on the FedEx that they probably think that they've earned. And I'm thinking there's probably going to be a class action suit right after the FedEx Cup of those players who were denied money that had a position inside the top 125. Yeah, yeah you could be right be there. See how that falls out. Lego, your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I agree with that 100%. I never really thought about the, the fallout of the money earned already, but... Uh, you know, another thing here is so can I know is that, you know, one thing you forget about when these guys actually, you know, you know, left the tour, um, these guys have substantial, substantial retirement funds. Um, a guy like Dustin Johnson, my guess, he's got north of a hundred million in his retirement fund it would probably be pretty close. I would think so. Um, so anyway, I, I think that this payout is, but again, I think that you're, you're going to see, um, Another exodus, a very big exodus, one that is going to be much more significant than anything we've seen so far as soon as the FedEx Cup is over. Those guys are going to collect their money um, and, uh, you know, and then they're going to leave and, uh, and that's going to happen. And I think, but the one thing here we got to be, uh, you know, they're not saying anything. Liv is letting the PGA Tour and their talking heads being, you know, Eamon Lynch and, and Brandel Desham, or sorry, Brandel uh, Chambly talk mm -hmm. about, you know, they're, they're doing their work for them. 
And inevitably, when the whole thing rolls out, because nobody's asking them any questions, you know, like, what, what is your plan? They don't, they, nobody's asking them that yet. So when it does roll out, I think that there's going to be a significant hit to um, the direction that Liv is wanting to take. Um, but again, this was never about trying to, um, you know, compete with the PGA Tour. This was never about trying to take over the PGA Tour. In the very beginning, they wanted to join with the PGA Tour. Right. They wanted to, you know, create another outlet that was an opportunity to take some of the best players in the world, change the format, make it fun, make it a four-man scramble shotgun, whatever it is. But, you know, it's no different than the interest that we used to get many, many years ago when we watched a skins game. I mean, everybody watched that. And the reason why we watched it, it didn't have anything to do with Jack Nicholas and Gary Player and Arnold Palmer playing against one another. It had everything to do with that one of them was going to potentially have a putt that was going to be worth more money than they won last week on the tour. Mm -hmm. And there were times like that. I, you know, Jack Nicholas making a, a putt for $180,000 after he just won 90 the week before. That was the interest level of people around those skins game. And this is the interest level around golf right now with Liv. And PJ Tour has backtracked and tried to come back at it with, you know, throwing more money at it to make it more interesting. The reason why we watch that 30-man field for $10 million, it's because it's the $10 million. That's why we watch that tournament. And I think that that's the case with all of these players. But unfortunately, um, I wouldn't say that the PGA Tour cut their own throat on this because I think they're going to have to come back to the table when mm -hmm. they see the amount of players that are going to leave for this. They're going to have to you know, protect their own brand with some kind of a, a merger. So basically you're suggesting then at some point, rather than barring these guys that jump to live, you're, they're going, they're going to be, allow them to play on both in the end. I think so. I, I, I don't understand why they wouldn't, uh, you know, sit at the table and come up with some kind of strategy around this because, you know, this is, this is, this sort of stemmed many years ago uh, and Zoke knows about this with Greg Norman, you know, before there were any world golf championships, Greg Norman wanted to do that. He wanted to put 30 players, the top 30 players on the money list or top 30 ranked players in the world, put them on a plane, fly them around to five continents, play five continents over, you know, five weeks and make this sort of a, you know, best player in the world exhibition. And all of a sudden it got, no, we're not putting the 30 players. What happens? The plane goes down and all the stories like that. But I mean, ultimately that's where those world golf events stemmed from was out of the, you know, the thought that Greg Norman had of flying around the best players in the world. And so why wouldn't you do that if it's a fun format, 54 hole shotgun event, and you took the top 48 best players in the world, put them in a team format, and you played different places around the world, and you had 25 or 30 PGA Tour events along with majors, I think it's a win-win situation for the world of golf. What, well, um, in Norman's situation, if I ju can jump in there, sure. is, you know, I, you know, conceptually, it's a good idea. I think when he yeah. partnered with Rupert Murdoch, that wasn't a good idea. And there were some <laughs> threats with that at the time. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, and you know, these are being able to expand is, is a good idea. Those have to do it. And, 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 but you've got to look at who you want to jump into bed with. Those are questions that everyone has to answer, including yeah. the PGA tour. So those are the, the questions. And, 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 it is an absolute serious threat to the PGA Tour, and it's going to rock the. It already has rocked the PGA Tour. It's going to continue to rock the PGA Tour, and the PGA Tour has to figure out 
its own balance of power, profit sharing, its disclosure of, because it's a it's a 501c6 not-for-profit organization. So based on law, uh, an act called Sarbanes-Oxley 2002, it has mm-hmm. to disclose its information publicly. And, and those are things that I think haven't been done in the past. And mm-hmm. it's important that they do. And, um, you know, it's, it's interesting to see where all this money is coming from in a moment's notice when this threat occurs. So, uh, so the, Richard, that- Richard showed us um, uh, earlier before we started a, a document that he has in his possession and, and just on a cursory level raised some really interesting questions for John and I. Are you prepared to discuss that, Dick? Here? Sure, yes. Okay, may, just take it from there. Just show the document that you've got well, and, yeah, and explain I think a lot some of, people, of the, the pieces. You know, and, and, and John Kawaja, who's a good friend of... of um, Legos in mind. I mean, he, he's who's worked for live. This is a document. It's, it's it, what it is. It's the PGA tours um, tax filings for the fiscal year 2019. And it's a thick document, obviously. And it shows that the top line revenue of the PGA tour was over 1.5 billion. And if you do a quick calculation and this is so 2019, so this is pre COVID when golf has went through the roof at the end of through COVID and pre-gaming and the revenue capability of the PGA Tour by the shot link information that they provide gamblers, which is an enormous revenue generator. We don't know what that is. But back to 2019, with with a top line revenue of over 1.5 billion, only $258 million was given to the players through the form of prize winning. Purses is how they earn their money. That's less than 17% of the top line. Now, now typically in other sports, hockey, baseball, there is an ownership position and there is a player's position and there's a collective bargaining agreement that they, they profit share. Usually it's around 50, 50. That's right. But we do know that the PGA tour, there is no ownership position and the players are fractioned all over the place. There is no unity. There's no player representation. And also what is, I think is dysfunctional is the corporate governance and the structure of the PGA tour. There's 10 policy board positions. Players only have, have four votes out of the 10. So the players do not control the board and there is no annual general meeting. If you're a member of a golf club or if you're a member of a private membership organization, then the members have a vote to elect the, the, the board at AGMs. And so the board runs in technically fear of the shareholders and the executive runs in fear of the board. This is the balance of power. And, and, and that's what's not, is not happening on the PGA tour. And it, I think it's corporate governance and, uh, and it's, and the fact that it's a not-for-profit it's disclosure is going to come out and there's some real strong questions that are, that will be asked in the future. Um, we only have a short time left, uh, you know, maybe four or five minutes. Based on what you've seen so far, how would you rate Jay Monahan's performance over the past couple of months? Is he is the he is the commissioner? He is the face of the tour. He is the guy who has put himself um, on camera and at the front of this thing. Uh, as PGA Tour members, 
how do you feel? I mean, I know you don't work for and have no real relationship with Monaghan, but has he done a good job or not? Lego to you first. Yeah, I mean, I like Jay, by the way. I think Jay's a wonderful guy. I think he's done a horrible job with managing this type of uh, situation. And by the way, there's no template for this because the PGA Tour prior to, to Jay, he inherited this uh, directive of monopoly in the, in the game of golf. You know, it started back with Dean. Uh, Beeman. Mm -hmm. So, and he inherited it from Tim, you know, Tim was a lobbyist, Tim. a lawyer. And, uh, you know, so I think, you know, he's just kind of moved along in, in the directive of being the commissioner of the PGA tour. So unfortunately he's, you know, kind of uh, been, you know, you know, you know, jaded by the past. Uh, I think he's done a horrible job managing this because I, you know, know the, you know, the background of, you know, live going to him early on to just sit down and have a discussion about it. And they didn't want any part of it. They thought they were bigger than they were. Um, and that this little gnat would just kind of eventually go away if we ignored it. So unfortunately, um, I think that Jay should come to the table. I think it's the only thing that's probably going to potentially even save his job. Uh, but I'm telling you, if Jay doesn't lose his job after this next, um, sort of exodus of players after the FedEx Cup. He's done a very, very poor job in managing the players. And ultimately, Zoke will tell you, that's his job. That's his job is to manage the players on the PJ Tour, make sure everybody's happy. And going back to Zoke's comment about looking at, um, uh, you know, the audited financial statements of the PJ Tour, PJ Tour players aren't smart enough to question it. All they worry about is the purses went up by another 10% this year. Yeah. The purses went up by another 10%. <laughs> you know, I got, you know, uh, a courtesy car every week to drive around right. and the food's great and all the rest of the stuff. It's all the shiny objects that have distracted us from the bigger picture. And, you know, it's not a, by the way, I, I don't mean that in a derogatory <clears throat> term. It's not a, no, you know, guys are out there playing golf. It's not their job to be involved in the business. That's why they have agents and business managers that should be questioning mm -hmm. some of this stuff. Their job is Great. to just play golf. And, you know, going to that, I don't mean to get off track. I mean, I just wonder, somebody asked me about, you know, the British Open. And um, I said, I just wonder if Rory McIlroy took the stand of a Justin Thomas or a Cam Smith or, you know, even a, you know, um, uh, you know, the way that uh, Shifley did. No comments. They just go about their business every day. I don't really care what guys do. I'm just going to play the game. I think that distracted him. I think if right. he put himself out there, why are you being the voice of the PGA Tour and telling how awful everything is on the other side of the fence when your job is to play golf? Yeah. So going because back to your comment. Probably because he Bob, was asked I, to. Probably because he possibly, was asked to. Possibly. Uh, but Richard, going to your comment, I, I think he's done a bad I, – I think he's doing a horrible job at managing this particular situation. Richard, I got about 90 seconds. What do you think? Okay, I think that – I think Lego's right on that. The players aren't trained to read financial statements or understand corporate governance. I think the, the problem happened with Dean Beeman when he structured in 1968, when he structured away from the PGA of America to create the PGA Tour, to control the narrative and, and control the players. Tim Fincham only, uh, you know, brought with Tiger coming on board, he was able to control it as well. I think it's a definite threat for the PGA Tour, and it's one that is exposing itself right now. And, and um, they better get some, the PGA Tour run by Jay Monaghan now has to kind of get ahead of this in some degree, 
they got to decide whether they're going to jump into bed with Liv or not. I can see it not happening, but uh, it may be, as Lego said, the best thing to, uh, for it to happen. But uh, it's going to be his call. Easy to, uh, create, easy to create a narrative when you're running a monopoly. So, and that's, uh, that's obviously what well, the, but the monopoly, is, the monopoly now is gone. No, that's right. Yeah. And, and, um, if the PGA tour does sit down with live, I think we all agree their position now will be a lot weaker than it would have been a year ago. If they had right. decided to engage in the narrative back then, they could have controlled the narrative and now they probably can't yeah. uh, guys fascinating conversation. Uh, we thank you both as always, and uh, look forward to seeing you uh, uh, soon. Thanks, guys. Good to be with you. Thank you, fellas. Richard Zokel, Ian Leggett. We'll come back and wrap it after these messages. Uh, and we're back. McCowan, Shannon, our thanks to um, Zokel and Leggett for uh, for joining us today. Why are you chortling there? Well, no, I, 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 we actually joined them. They didn't join us. We joined them because they, they're so passionate about this and knowledgeable about this. You know, we didn't, we didn't talk very much. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand that there will be some in our audience who will probably have turned off by now because uh, they're just not golf fans. Um, and I suppose it's partly because I am, and because I was in the business before I got into broadcasting. So, um. I have, I'm intrigued by it, but I just, I think if you allow yourself to follow this story, cause we're, we may not even be at the middle of the story yet. There is plenty more to come well, just from an intrigue standpoint. You, you, the, so much is going to happen. So, so, so to me, when you look at the state of particularly North American professional sports, you know, everything has settled down with, you know, with hockey and, and, and baseball and, I mean, nobody's really challenged baseball with a pirate league. They really haven't. But, you know, the ABA did it for basketball. The AFL did it for, for American professional football. So, really, this the last time we saw anything of this ilk in, in major sports in, in North America was when we had that famous fight be, in car racing between IndyCar and CART. Do you remember? Mm -hmm. and, and both of them, both of them, have, have never recovered from it, Bob. Kart racing is nowhere near, IndyCar racing is nowhere near where it was in popularity before the schism. And you wonder, you fear, will golf be the same way? I mean, is this, is this the classic case of they're going to tear each other down now? And are they going to hurt the sport so badly that it's going to lose audience on, on both sides, because that, that's what it appears to me. The, like, this is a war. And oh, how, oh. How, how is this going to happen? Well, look at this. Um, I view the PGA Tour as like a secret society. They don't want to tell anybody uh, what they do or how they do it. And uh, um, they're very protective of all the internal things that go on. And they've been the bully. And suddenly they're getting out bullied. Um, and whether you think live is the right, right thing or right way to go, boy, they are, but, they are gaining momentum every single day. Sure. But, but to be the devil's advocate, there are millions and millions and millions of dollars uh, at PGA events that go to charity. There's a charity component to the PGA 
two. Well, or- but you're talking one. I know there is, but they're talk, you know what what I would like to see, and I think anybody who's interested in this story and Zokal is among them, and Leggett too. I think, you know, as 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 Dick pointed out, nineteen or twenty nineteen, seventeen percent. Yeah. Okay. Of the revenue well- that they took in was given back in terms of prize money. You know, the National Hockey League, the NBA, MLB. 50-50, sure. And they do charitable, they give charitable contributions. Yeah. There's no way there's 33% of that. There's no way there's a billion dollars or half a billion dollars given to charity by the PGA Tour. Okay, you're on your soapbox. We got to go. We do? Yeah. That's a shame. Say Uh, goodbye. Goodbye. We'll see you on uh, Monday.